to Diamnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. It's me, one of your hosts, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. And I'm your other host, DM Neil, aka Jote Moniac. Yeah, nailed it. And today, I'm going to turn you up because I am much louder than you are. Oh no! <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> I'll just start screaming. <laughs> An option, not a good one. Not a good one, but it's an option. (laughs) So today we decided um, to look again at an article to see if we could pull out some great information for you all. And that article is from Screen Rant, which I don't really, I don't remember. I don't think that's where we got the article from. I think that is where we got, I I don't know. I remember thinking the name, huh, that's pretty cool. and relevant uh, <laughs> to talking about RPGs. Uh, and I think I had the same thought last Perfect. time, but who knows? So we are looking at an article entitled Dungeons and Dragons 5e. What feats are the most useful and why? And why? What a question. The interesting thing with this one is that it doesn't have the caveats that we had last time we looked at an article because it was all about like what spells Mm -hmm. are good for a specifically a third level wizard. Um, So Mm -hmm. you had to frame Mm -hmm. the whole conversation around that. This one makes the bold claim that these are just universally good for any race or any class. Yeah. And I think they were right with, they really talk about three main feats in this article. And I mean, they they start off by talking about Lucky, which I also agree is, yes, incredibly useful. I think it's one of probably the most game-breaking feats. Like, if you're gonna take a feat, you should take Lucky. Like, there's no reason to take literally any other feat, in my opinion. So I think they got it right mm-hmm. with that one, at least. Because Lucky, for those of you who aren't familiar with D&D uh, feats, basically it just gives you three re-rolls so at any point, you can just spend a luck point and re-roll a dice, which is incredibly useful. You know, it basically takes away the chance of, like, getting those critical failures unless you roll so poorly that you you do it more than three times. I mean, I had a bard that had this feat, and it was awesome. <laughs> it was it was very good. Um, have you ever had a character, Neil, that had the lucky feat? Yes, and it's one of those things where they do put in there, and I want to echo, it, while it might be a headache for the dungeon master, which mm-hmm. is 100% true. So, like, even looking at it from the both sides of the screen as we rant about it, necessary. I had to have a groan worthy. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be tough. Like, you, you always have that expectation that that can happen, but mm-hmm. it is amazing. Um, I do know that... Matt from Detentions and Dragons hates Lucky because it's a feat. Um, So it's like an innate skill for like the halfling race. The halfling gets like one or they just can't have ones. Yeah. Yeah, So you like build that into just how like maybe the magic that they have within themselves. Like, but the feat is, is an interesting concept of like, how did I become lucky? Lucky. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you trained up or like got tougher. You just all of a sudden became very lucky. <laughs> it's sort of it's sort of weird. I mean, I will say I have played in several home games where as a as a rule at the table nobody can take the lucky feat. Mm-hmm. So I've encountered multiple dungeon masters who do not allow people to take the lucky feat because it is so 
um, it really skews the scale. Because in a way, it sort of takes away some of the fun of like, you know, winning and failing really hard in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and, you know, that the case is for most people like, hey, like this should be something special for halflings. Because um, otherwise, the only other beings that get to do this in D&D, we're talking like CR 20 plus monsters that have, you know, legendary resistance. Um, so we're talking like adult dragons which are cr 17 they have lucky like it's called legendary mm -hmm. resistance but it's basically exactly the same as lucky so you know it's giving potentially first level characters if you play a variant human and get a feat a a ability that a cr 17 <laughs> monster has like that's wild when you look oh at the way gosh. it scales like that yeah and i i had never thought of it in that context the, the way i look at it from like the dungeon master perspective is i just gave or not i gave because that's not true so someone like starts each long rest with triple inspiration yeah Basically, so does that cheapen inspiration for everybody else? Because I can also still give that same player inspiration. Well, it's even better than inspiration because inspiration you have to declare before you roll. That's right. Whereas lucky you can re-roll. So it's it's even more intense. Triple super <laughs> yeah, inspiration. It's, yeah, it's bonkers. <sighs> it's totally bananas. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, <laughs> take it if your DM lets you, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> we can confirm and wholeheartedly agree. No matter what character you're playing, Lucky, Lucky is, is, go is awesome for you. So this article nails it on the first one. Oh, they, they nail it for the most part on the second one as well. I will say that if you do read this article, which we'll have a link down in the show notes, the next one is Observant, mm, which I have yeah. on a character. And it's a plus one to wisdom or intelligence. It says and intelligence, um, just for context. That's whichever one you would like to choose. Mm -hmm. This one is insane a little bit. <laughs> and the narrative aspect of it is what I actually like the most. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll start with, I'll, I'll throw it back to you, though. Have you ever had a character with Observant or played one or had one at your table? I haven't, but I have definitely played with with some folks who love having this feat. Um, mm -hmm. I, I do really feel like it caters to a type of play style, a more like subtle or advanced play style. I find that observant really works for people, whereas some people who are more about the hack and slash, you know, observant isn't something they're going to spend their feats on in, in my experience. Yeah, and I, I love the way that you said that because I think there's almost a little bit of a necessity of having a little bit more RPG experience wherever mm. that happens to come from because you have now you have to have those constant conversations with your DM about passive perception and yeah. passive investigation that phone's ringing no. right there right Rude. in front of me it's probably Rude. very loud for you it's not so loud but <laughs> I can't tell but we'll just keep vamping and uh, talking about things that don't matter until they realize no one's going to answer that. Isn't that um, an empty office? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, where was I? Uh, you were saying you have to, because you have to talk to your DM a bunch about passive perception. Yeah, and so you have to have that back and forth conversation of how does that work? What does that mm -hmm. look like? You're never rolling. Like, the character I play is a high-level rogue. My passive perception right now is 28. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it definitely is like because you have to have a dungeon master who understands what passive perception and passive investigation are and then actually incorporates them. Because, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I often forget those mm-hmm. things exist. So, you know, as a player, you will have to remind your dungeon master this happens and have the conversation and make sure that your campaign actually supports the fact that you have this ability yeah my thought of it like if i were to have a character at my table doing that same sort of thing one of the biggest things that or the easy way to frame the idea is almost double box text where i have box text for the group and i have an additional box text (laughs) for the person who has an insane 28 on their passive perception Yeah, well, what I started doing, because I'm actually playing through uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage as a player Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, Well, we all actually kind of take turns rotating as the dungeon master. So since, you know, there are so many traps and everything in this dungeon, we've just decided that we we keep the passive perception and investigation scores like on hand on a piece of paper for the DMs. And then that way we don't even make people roll for traps if somebody has the passive perception We just describe that along with the room, which has been a great way to streamline it. So if you are going to take the observant feat, definitely talk to your dungeon master about it and maybe bring up something like that. You know, a lot of DMs will keep like AC and, you know, your like health points, you know, just as a note. And then also go ahead and add in passive perception and um, try and get that, you know, get the most out of this, I feel like. So observant does take a little bit more work. Um, So it may not be for everyone, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it definitely I can see if they're framing it as is it advantageous to everyone? Yes. Can everyone get the most out of it? Certainly not, because there's also my favorite part, which is to add a bonus to this amazing feat. The character can also read the lips of any creature speaking in a known language. Yeah, which is so cool. Such a cool thing, especially for like a sneaky, you know, spy rogue. Mm -hmm. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Very, very cool. Okay, what's the last one? All right, and so for the last one, the third one they talk about is the mobile feat. Uh, So basically this this feat increases a character's base speed by 10, uh, nullifying difficult terrain when you dash. And then, yeah, it also negates opportunity attacks made against the player when they use a melee attack, whether they hit or miss. Um, so it's a lot of a lot of stuff in mm-hmm. one feat. So I don't know, Neil, what are your first impressions uh, about mobile? I mean, it definitely has benefit no matter who you are. But like, mm-hmm. again, I think it it we're kind of going down the, the tiers of like how useful can you make it, though? Yeah. Because lucky, you're guaranteed. You're guaranteed to fail a role that you want to then make better. Observant, you're more guaranteed to see things or want to see things or investigate. Whereas mobile, you're only really maybe in combat when you're going to get the most out of it. So then is it beneficial to everyone is my first thought. Yeah, I would definitely say, I mean, because mobile isn't going to help, you know, your wizards who are in the back casting spells, because ideally they're never going to be within, you know, opportunity attack range. Same with like rangers who are, you know, or fighters who are doing archery. Um, I think this this feat is really specific to certain play styles that are melee focused. And on top of that, a lot of those classes actually already get some form of mobility because like monks, for example, they have mobility baked into the class. Mm -hmm. They get the extra movement and all of these options. And then you have rogues that have like evasion, which is sort of in the same camp. Like so or, you know, if you're playing uh, what is the the swashbuckler rogue, you just get this. You just 
permanently have this. So I, I don't feel like mobile is as useful as a feat because I, I feel like it is covered in some class features already. And yeah, it gets specific because then if you're also trying to layer it on top of one of the ones that we've already mentioned, I feel like it stretches it, it out. I think too. it negates. Yeah. Them. Yeah. It stre- like, do I really want to be able to go that fast? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think so. Yeah. But I mean, I think pretty solid choices overall. Did any jump out to you as like, oh, no, this should have been included? Okay, that's actually great minds think very similarly because <laughs> I was totally going to ask you the same question, but I will not ask you because you who beat me to it. <laughs> One of my favorite ones and because it adds a lot of flavor and I think you could get something out of it no matter what character you're playing is Magic Initiate. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's really my go to because you I mean, you have to have a reason. And I think maybe that's why I like it is because you're going to choose that not just because, but you're going to choose it because you have a reason. Like, I want this very specific spell because my character would have it because because. So that's right. definitely <laughs> my number one. Did you have another one? Yeah. Uh, so mine I wanted to talk about was Sentinel which I think is one of my absolute favorite feats. So I think it's such a great feat for anyone who wants to tank or, you know, be in the center of combat because it's all about, uh, you know, when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, the creature's speed becomes zero. So basically it's all about locking down enemies. Also, uh, creatures provoke opportunity attacks uh, even if they take the disengage action. So again, stopping enemies from running away from you potentially. And then my favorite part is when a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you, you can use reaction to make a melee weapon attack. So it is basically like a, no, no, you have to fight me, Mm -hmm. which I think is so great for fighters, for paladins, um, even for rogues, anyone who's gonna be like in the middle of the combat and like want to deal the damage or, you know, need to draw the enemy fire. I think Sentinel is just a fantastic feat. Okay, I've got another one. Okay. It's also the one I think of a lot that uh, pairing it with observant is for mm. most characters is going to be alert. Oh, okay. Which I've done, which I've done on that rogue character. I paired a bow. So then not only am I going to have like a plus nine or 10 to my initiative and now I've already seen most things even before it starts and now. So it, it's really the ability to pair those and create a very proactive character. Yeah, for sure. Also great for like if you're taking, um, you know, if you're like an Oath of Vengeance Paladin who mm. they get bonuses if they go first yeah. or, you know, they go before the enemy there. I think there are a few other things too, like the Gloomstalker Ranger. Um, so alert definitely pairs well with a lot of uh, class abilities. Okay. Do you have another one? Oh, sometimes if I don't know what to do for a feat and like I don't feel like taking a level, um, I'll go ahead and I'll take Resilient. Because it's oh, okay. just easy. I mean, you increase a chosen ability score by one and you gain proficiency in saving throws using the chosen ability. So, you know, you always have two. Yeah. Um, and this just gives you three proficiency in saving throws. So you can cover, you know, and whatever it is. So you can cover weak points. So, you know, if you are a fighter and you have like strength and con or whatever, you can cover intelligence or you can co- cover like covering wisdom is always a great idea because a billion monsters in the world have frightening effects or, you know, charm effects. So this is a way just to, you know, get an edge and I feel like a character who gets bashed a lot with a certain type of saving throw, <laughs> taking this makes sense because like you've suffered so much about this certain kind of saving throw that you've just gotten yeah. tougher. Uh, you know, you're more resilient against them. So that's one that that I do take a lot just, just to cover some more bases. Yeah. I feel like it's a solid choice. 
I love I love the idea of also like you don't necessarily have a rogue, so then you take decks because yeah. you're probably gonna find it with your face. Like yeah, exactly. Like somebody needs to be able to survive a trap to disarm it. Like, and this is you know this is your option because uh, your proficiency bonus is nice. It's gonna be you know a, a good chunk, and it's only gonna get better over time. So that I feel really solid choice. It's Perfect. not flashy, but I think it's solid. I like it. Perfect. Well, I say we have done it. We've done it. But if you liked what you heard and you want to tell us how well we have done it, you can always <laughs> head over and go to your podcatcher of choice and leave us a review. It helps get us out there. And also, like I said, if you want to pay your real gym dues, go just tell someone. Tell someone about the podcast. Tell someone. Because uh, let's be honest, we don't understand the algorithm that is <laughs> the Apple podcast thing. No one does. They don't. In Apple, I bet they don't. So just go tell someone and ch to check out the podcast. Yeah, and of course, you can always reach out to us via email at dmnastics at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter for daily exercises and all kinds of cool stuff at dmnastics. You can follow me personally at cconowich or neil at jotemontiac. And of course, for everything else on the network, you can go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. A huge thank you to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at bombardedcast.com. But with the, but rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head to taking your supplements. Taking your supplements! Okay. Wow, we're here. <laughs> Get ready. Transition. Um, we did not have enough grown-worthy content, so... <laughs> Celeste, you enlightened me to, yes. and I quote, the Brewski Jubilee. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to talk about a brand new adventure that is up on the DMs Guild. Uh, so this adventure is called the Brewski Jubilee, and it was written by Kari Joe, who's known as Cage or Rage Cage everywhere online. They're an awesome member of a lot of different RPG and streaming communities. Uh, and they have written an adventure that it's a standalone adventure that's not combat oriented. It's meant to be an adventure that you can do in downtime or between adventures because it's very celebratory and has like a lot of fun elements, including a hopstacle course. Because oh, uh, yes. the whole thing is sort of an Oktoberfest themed adventure. Uh, so it's just, you know, this really great adventure that I think if your players, you know, need a break from some heavy action or, you know, want to hit up a festival in town or something, this is a fantastic adventure to pick up. Uh, it's, oh, it's under $5. Uh, so for three hours of play, it includes a map of an awesome obstacle course, a bunch of NPCs, um, suggestions for scaling the adventure depending on your level so you can play it for any level here yeah and i mean it's just guaranteed to be a super fun time and cage is such a wonderful member of the community and this is their first adventure that they've put out as well upon completing the rpg writers workshop yeah so uh it's doing great so it's already a copper bestseller so we would love if you would check that out so once again on dm's guild uh look at the brewski jubilee and it's on sale right now for Oktoberfest because of for course Oktoberfest. Because it's October when we're recording this. Yes. So of course it is. <laughs> oh, that's great. It 
and I love the idea of having something in your pocket that is ready to go. And you can turn those dials up and down because you're not trying to reskin monsters. You're not trying to yeah. reflavor them. It's it, it's I mean, certainly you could reflavor the the obstacle course. Ha ha ha. Um, but the <laughs> uh, idea of it, like turning those dials up and down based on like level is really easy. Like it's all yeah. combat. So, yeah. And I I just love the idea of having something. Yeah. Just like an in between a downtime adventure, like how perfect um, something to have, you know, when when your players are like tired of a gigantic combat or maybe you've come out of a really hard dungeon slog, something like this, I think would be a real treat for them. Yeah. And it's like my thought is also adding it because you're, you're likely to have a establishment. Let's use that term easy enough that your players go to often enough and you could take mm-hmm. this and add that to the place that they already have like this affinity yeah. towards rather than it just be this random place that they find you take it and you, you switch yeah, your out hometown the or, you mm-hmm. know, your, your home base yep. having a party. Oktoberfest in D&D. Do it. Perfect. Okay. But with that, we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym. Before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in the challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. And to do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics. So your players don't ask, do you even lift?